It is the 200 level, episode 283. Mike Carpenter in the basement on a Thursday evening, a late Thursday evening for what will be a post-game show, essentially, during the fourth quarter of Illinois Chattanooga. Now, full disclosure for listeners and viewers, I probably sound a little bit different. I have not had allergies like this in years. I think the cold front coming through and then this time of year is always rough for me anyway. So I apologize that aesthetically this is not going to be the best sounding podcast. I took a Benadryl not long before this. So <laughs> this just might be one of those podcasts, but we're going to keep it short and sweet. And it has been an impressive effort from Illinois on both sides of the ball. And, you know, I went into this game just wanting clean, clean football and walking away from it, which I did at halftime so I could come back and get ready for this, and a very uneventful third quarter except for an Isaiah Williams touchdown. This has been the kind of clean game that I was hoping for. And dominant on top of that, Chattanooga is not a team that I was worried about. You know, In games like this, I want to get to a point where you don't really need to analyze things going into it. And I think that Illinois is essentially at that place with Brett Bielema. I might be jumping the gun on that. This is a team that lost to Indiana, and an Indiana team that I don't think is very good. But I also think that when it comes to really inferior opponents, I'm not all that worried about it. I'll try to get the uh, live chat going on here, and I apologize that things might be a little bit discombobulated early on. want to start off, though, with the stats that we have so far, which really kind of indicate just how, just how dominant this performance has been. For Illinois, 31 to nothing. Of course, that's the big one there. As I get into more of the stats here, essentially you're looking at almost a two to one difference. Oh, God, what more than two to one, four to one difference in yards. 429 for Illinois to 129 for Chattanooga. Two turnovers for Chattanooga, one for Illinois, which if I could give reasoning as to why this turnover is okay, the one turnover is a fumble by a defender. After he scooped up, what was it, a fumble or an interception against Chattanooga? Now, I'm not trying to gloss over what should have been, if not a pick six or a take back for six, you shouldn't have fumbled that, right? But at the same time, it's a little more understandable when it's a defensive lineman trying to return something. So that doesn't bother me like, let's say, Chase Brown fumbling it or Tommy Tommy DeVito fumbling it. Good to see you guys in the chat. I appreciate it. I apologize that I'm going to be sniffling through this, let's say, 30-minute podcast. If you can see me on the YouTube feed right now, my nose is red. I promise I did not do cocaine at any point during this day. If it sounds, if I sound like Al Pacino and Scarface, uh, it's because of the, what is it, dogweed or whatever, the ragweed. That's what it is. I promise that's what it is. Lewis, though. This is the main takeaway for this game. Lewis says in the chat window, the defense is dominant. It is, and it's been dominant this year, and now we are a third of the way into the season, and yes, the the drive that Indiana had at the end of that game is a bummer, but I really don't hold that on the defense as much as I do that eventually the dam was going to break. I would like to think that that Indiana game was the early aberration, the early mistake that you learned from, and the way this defense is playing, there's nothing to indicate that they're going to slip back into that mode. Again, consider the competition. Chattanooga FCS team. Wyoming has won three games since they played you. I don't know. Their schedule's not great, but they are starting to win games again. Indiana has won out since they played you. 
And, well, Virginia stinks. <laughs> so your schedule is going to take a bump up here, but not, not the crazy exponential bump that you might think. Now, I'll get back to some play-by-play here if this thing kind of picks up. And uh, we're, we're getting some questions here. Why is Chase still in? I understand that. I don't think there's any need to play him going forward. And it looks like Sitkowski is getting some of the snaps here. Yeah, this is where you start calling off the dogs. Earlier in the first half, Palchuski looked to get banged up. And he came back and played a little bit here in the second half. I can't tell if he's out there right now. Fortunately, he looks to be okay. This offensive line has been great today. What I really like is that there's been a lot of long developing plays, play action and such, where you can get away with that with an offensive line like this. And this is going to be a third down, just a yard short to high tower. And it looks like we'll punt it away. And yeah, the kicking game is still a concern, both with field goal kicking, which you made yours tonight, and punting, punting as well. There was one completely botched punt for, I think, 11 yards total. We'll get into all this in a second. Again, this is going to be a short and sweet podcast because one, you don't want to hear me sniffling for a half hour. And two, I'll be back on Sunday or Monday as we start preparing for next week and what is a major, massive week for the Brett Bielema era. Rugby punt, here we go. Oh my God, punt it, Hugh Robertson. God, our punting game sucks. I'm sorry. You got it to the uh, your own 40, is that right? It's, uh, if we lose a game because of the kicking game, I'm going to be very upset, and you very well might. But let's hit the sponsors real quick. DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, dpdoe.com. They deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So even if you weren't on Campus Town, no big deal. They can bring a piping hot calzone to your doorstep, custom zones with any toppings that you want, and some of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone online at dpdoe.com. Dot com. Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing. For all your HVAC and plumbing needs, these guys are based out of Paxton, but they got furnace checks right now that you can get for 6% off just by mentioning the 200 level. Why 6%? Because they think Illinois is going to go bowling. I think at this point, six wins would be a disappointment as good as this team looks, but I agree with them that Illinois will go bowling. We're getting our furnace check here, uh, what is it, I think five or six days. So Dogtown Heating, Air, and Plumbing out of Paxton. They serve everywhere in East Central Illinois. Rector Construction online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com for all your home exterior projects. Get a free quote and estimate today when you go to RectorConstruction.com. Great craftsmanship, great customer service, and they also give back to the community. So as a townie, I appreciate that. The guys at Rector Construction have been friends of the program for a couple years. Go online and get a free quote today. Also, State Farm agent Brian Hansen saw Brian in the lots today. He might be on the podcast with us coming up in the future. As you recall, the Indiana game, the away game, where I came down here and I did the entire second half. Oh, that's a long time. Don't think I'll be doing the second half in full anymore because college football takes too damn long. We'll do fourth quarters, though, and I think Brian will join me at some point. Isaac and Trevor Kant was talking to Brian today. He pitched the idea. He knows his stuff, so I think that might actually be kind of fun to get him down here. It's always fun to to play off of somebody. So Brian is my guy, not just for insurance, but potentially for second half reaction podcast. Go online to brianismyguy.com, brianismyguy.com. As the YouTube stream sees me continue to clear my nose. Isn't that pleasant? God, I don't know about you guys. Is there anyone in this chat window that their allergies are just going nuts right now? 
I, I have not had this in years. It is really aggravating. I hope the Benadryl just knocks me out in a bit because this is absolutely ridiculous. All right, going to Nashville tomorrow. So I wanted to get out of the game at halftime and not to be one of those fans, but I was not alone in that. There were a lot of people that left at halftime. The unfortunate timing with that was they had the Hall of Fame induction thing or they were recognizing the Hall of Fame people, including Jeff George, and they waited until halftime for that, which I thought was kind of silly when they should have known that a lot of people, there was a mass exodus from the stadium. It's It's a school night. It's a work night. People saw a dominant first half, and that's enough. For a game like this, it's okay to leave a game like this early. I do not plan to leave Iowa or Minnesota or really any other game going forward early. And as I look at the schedule going forward, there's not a game in the home schedule that I would look at and say, we aren't going to win that. There's maybe one game I'd look at in the away schedule and say, we probably are not going to win that, and that's Michigan. But as I start to look forward to the Wisconsin game, and I know I'm probably fooling myself yet again, I've done this way too many times, but I could see Illinois winning that. It should be competitive. I mean, Wisconsin's offense is whatever. Their defense is elite. I think Illinois' defense is pretty good, too. Big Toad, are you feeling me? Oh, God, the allergies are just ridiculous. Zach Curtis, none for you. You are a lucky man. I do think this Illinois defense is probably the third best in the Big Ten West. And, oh, God, get the quarterback. Darn it. I mean, the front four and the back four or five, depending on the secondary, the linebackers are fine. They don't need to be great. When you got a D-line like what Illinois has right now, and then your secondary is this good, Good luck if you're opposing defenses. I don't, I mean, how is Iowa going to score on this? They can't run that well to begin with. They certainly don't have a passing game to speak of. Wisconsin is sort of like Iowa, uh, a, a better version of Iowa, where I think that if you can win that game, there's no reason that you can't come right back the next week and beat Iowa. If that seems like it's dreaming big a little bit, well, that's because it is. Uh, this does to me appear like a team that is playing with a lot of confidence. I do think. There might be something to this team just playing that much better at home. The Indiana game is puzzling when you see a game like Chattanooga. I understand Indiana is better than Chattanooga, but Indiana is not a very good FBS team and certainly not a very good Power 5 team. So the, what made that game all the more frustrating and confounding is that a lot of the same things we've seen in the Virginia and the Chattanooga games and the Wyoming game before that, you basically outmanned Indiana for much of it, but you kept getting in your own way. All I needed today was a dominant performance, and that was going to happen if you just play clean football, and that's what they've done. So, mission accomplished, right? If you were to match this performance next week against Wisconsin, I don't see any reason that you can't sneak out a win. I'm guessing Vegas will probably have that at about eight or nine points. Double digit, I'd be mildly surprised based on the fact that Wisconsin hasn't been all that impressive so far. As Zach Curtis mentions here in the chat window, No TDs allowed at home yet this season. Jeremy and Joey were talking about this on their podcast. And yeah, that's pretty remarkable, even with the competition. This is not what us Illini football fans are accustomed to. A defense that is keeping opposing teams out of the end zone, keeping them from scoring. I mean, we're about to pitch a shutout, it looks like. And maybe they get a garbage touchdown or garbage field goal. And that's okay if they do. Eventually, someone will get a touchdown against Illinois. But it's not like Iowa's going to come in here and I'm going to expect Iowa to put 20 points on this defense. I I trust this defense in a way that I have not trusted in a lot of defense since 
probably 2011. And then when you match that with an offense that has been getting the yardage all year and finally seems to start to, they're starting to figure out how to finish drives. The biggest thing to finishing drives is not ending them prematurely with turnovers. If they figure that out, then I think that we uh, might have something here as we get into Big Ten play. All right, I want to hit up some of these chat window things here, but I need to blow my nose. I know this is absolutely disgusting, and this is not the kind of podcasting I was hoping to do tonight. I apologize, but we're live. Try to do that off mic. Jesus Christ. This is just obnoxious, whatever this stuff is. From Big Tota, fewest passing touchdowns allowed in the country for the last calendar year. I'll read that one more time because that's pretty remarkable. Fewest passing touchdowns allowed in the country in all of college football for the last calendar year. That means basically post-Virginia. Makes sense when you hear that. That's not outlandish when you've watched the last 12 games from this team. From Zach, following that up. Assuming no passing touchdowns for the Mocs tonight, they will have only allowed four passing touchdowns in the last nine games. And of course, they have not allowed a touchdown at home, period, this year. Oh, man. Um, Let's talk about this defense real quick. I want to hit up someone that I think I'm going to name this podcast after. Gabe Ackes is a freshman pass rusher. He's got one job. Rush the quarterback. He does it well. He looks the part. I don't know where this guy came from. I need to look it up. But I know that if I'm getting a jersey from anyone on this team, it is Gabe Ackes. This is, by the way, Reggie Love getting it close to midfield on a nice 20-plus yard run. We got about 9... 13 to go here in the fourth quarter. Gabe Ackes tonight has been an absolute monster among many monsters on the defensive line. But the passing touchdowns that both Big Tota and Zach Curtis are mentioning here, that comes down to the secondary. Now, the defensive line and the secondary, there's this interesting kind of complementary relationship on any good defense where a D line that can get to the quarterback makes the job of the secondary that much easier. But it's not as if even on the plays where you aren't getting to the quarterback, that the secondary isn't on their guys like flies on poop. Not the best metaphor, but you get what I'm saying. I love watching the secondary. And I've mentioned before how some of my favorite Illini teams, and really some of the best ones in my life, a good secondary has been commonplace. Maybe that has something to do with that Illinois is never going to have the you know 11 studs to the level of an Ohio State. So you need to sometimes have this almost synergistic, uh, everything comes together in one unit. We've seen it before, back in the day in 2001 with Eugene Wilson, Christian Morton, Muhammad Abdullah, Bobby Jackson. 2007, Kevin Mitchell, Justin Harrison, DeRay Hicks, and of course, Vontae Davis. Well, I'm looking at this secondary and thinking they probably match that. And you could say that's premature four games through the season, but as, as Big Totem mentioned here, The last calendar year, the fewest passing touchdowns allowed in the nation. That's telling you this goes beyond these four games. This is now 12 games since Virginia last year where they have not allowed many passing touchdowns at all. That's for a reason. I love really keying in on one guy per play. Sidney Brown is, as Jeremy Werner and and Joey Wagner put it, like an amoeba out there. He can basically play any position. He just roams, and he tends to be in the right place at the right time more often than not. He is so close to breaking a big play, and I think it'll happen rather soon, and I'd love to see it happen against Wisconsin. Witherspoon is just an absolute 
you know, truck stick. When I mean, when there's a guy in front of him and he needs to get a big hit, he tends to do so. But as, as far as a cover guy, it's fun to see him occasionally. He's the guy that will go up about, you know, two, three yards off the wide receiver. Not quite bump and run, but he's playing press coverage. Taz Nicholson has really settled in. I know there was a silly penalty that he had against Indiana. But as far as his per- performance has been concerned, he's been pretty good out there. And then Kendall Smith has not really allowed anything to get behind him. Now, part of the reason that Kendall Smith probably hasn't allowed a lot behind him is that the defensive line, at a certain point, they're getting the quarterback. It is not taking them too long to get to the quarterback, which makes his job a lot easier there at free safety. All that to say, when it is a nickel package, and you see that a lot more in college football now than before, when it is a nickel package, you still feel pretty confident that even if the opposing team is going to run the ball, no big deal. you got really good defenders back there. And then you look at the front four with Newton and Randolph especially, and now Gabe Ackes becoming a player uh, as a true freshman. Calvin Avery doing a really solid job at D-tackle. Things are really coming together for this defense where I think, wait a second, I know this is Chattanooga and we're, we're holding them to zero points. We're probably going to pitch a shutout tonight. But there's no reason you can't hold Wisconsin to under 20 next week. There's no reason you can't hold Iowa to 14 or less the week after that. And that now leads to the offense. The offense has been getting yardage all year. I'm impressed with Barry Lunny. I, I don't really put, other than the fourth and one call, which I thought could have been more creative, at Indiana. I don't put a lot of the offense's ills on the doorstep of Barry Lunny. Maybe it's transition. Maybe it's them kind of figuring each other out and, and developing that chemistry between the players and the play calling. But I tell you what, when it gets 30 yards or in, he is very creative in terms of calling scoring plays. He loves the tight end. The Marquise touchdown tonight was fantastic. The Pat Bryant one was wide open. And on the other side of the field, you have Brian Hightower wide open on the left. Yeah, it's Chattanooga, but you're starting to see creativity on the offensive end where even as a fan watching it, I am being thrown for a loop. First and 10 is not automatically a running down for this team as opposed to last year where you always try to get a few yards on first down to make it feasible to get the next first down. That was the very uber conservative play calling that you got from Tony Peterson. You aren't getting that this year. And I do think the offense will win you a few games because the defense isn't going to be perfect, right? As good as they are, they aren't going to be perfect. At least you feel like the offense can get you 24 to 28 points in Big Ten play. I think they can, and I think they can rather consistently as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot time and time again. All right, let's see here. Joseph says, surprise no Aiden uh, Laurie today. Laurie, am I, God, why do I feel like I can't say his last name right? I'm a little bit surprised about that too, Joseph, because it seems like at running back, Reggie Love is fine. Uh, is this Laurie here? Laurie? I'm just going to call him Aiden. Looks like he might be in the game right now. Let's see. It is him. He's getting some touches here late in the fourth quarter. Still 31 to nothing Illinois with four minutes to go. Uh, yeah, I thought he would maybe get some more reps. Seems like they're playing that relatively close to the vest. And from Big Tota, Chase Brown passed Red Grange on the rushing list tonight. That's not bad. I don't know. If, like Back in the day, I think varsity players would play like it two years total, maybe. Nonetheless, Chase Brown is... Next level good. I mean, he's the best running back we've had since Rashard Mendenhall, wouldn't you say? Am I missing anybody? 
Uh, he's a bell cow back, the likes of which we've not had since Mendenhall. And what's really exciting is that there was a play where he gained three yards. And you would say, well, why is that the one that stood out? This is in the second quarter as Illinois was going towards the north end zone. It was right in front of my dad and I's seats. And the patience the Browns showed on that play, he would have been stuck at the line of scrimmage had he just plowed into the line. Now, sometimes you want a guy to plow into the line and not dance around too much. He wasn't dancing. He was waiting for that hole to develop. He found something and made it out of nothing. To me, that was the sign of a very mature running back, which he is, on top of being extremely talented. From Dave, this defense has multiple legit draft picks. Haven't had that look since late Zook. The reason this feels better than late Zook, Dave, and you can go back to the last Zook year, 6-0, Ohio State in town. You can't even sell it out. I think he had about 52,000, 55 maybe for the Stripe the Stadium game, and that's certainly more than you're getting now. But I think people were not sold that Zook was really legit. I think that after all the disappointments in 08 and 09 and then the 6 and 6 2010, it felt like, yeah, you're 6 and 0, but the bottom could fall out. And those people, unfortunately, were right about that. So this is nice, right, Dave, where you get the legit draft picks. And I do think Newton and Randolph, you probably are going to see them playing Sundays at some point. I mean, I'm sorry. If, again, if I get by a jersey, it'd be Gay Backus. And I'm not going to say he's going to be an NFL player, but doesn't he just look the part? In the secondary, you got some NFL guys, too. Probably Quan Martin, Devin Witherspoon. So what is that, four? I think four guys you feel pretty good about making the pros, if I'm forgetting somebody. But yeah, uh, Dave says, definitely feels better. Just trying to figure out the last time we had an actual pros out there. And it's been a while, Dave. I mean, the dearth of talent in the last decade was just a bummer. And we could give Lovey some credit for some of these guys. I do think, though, that the... The developmental piece from Bielema and the staff and Ryan Walters, that has to be addressed too because I, I don't think any of us would say this defense would be this good under Lovey. We'd say that for sure based on schematically. Talent-wise, would some of these guys have emerged to the level that they have if it was still Lovey and co.? I doubt it. I get the feeling that Bielema and his pedigree suggest he is maximizing what you already had on this roster. Big Tota says, Glad to get a good win in front of all the Hall of Famers tonight. Absolutely. And Hall of Fame weekend, you know, I, I've i missed all of them. I think Nebraska was the first one a few years ago in 2019. We were in Michigan for that. Um, and I forget what the last one was. I know COVID kind of interrupted things. But, you know, I, I do appreciate what the athletic department is doing with that Hall of Fame thing. I just wish they would have done it in the first quarter and not when they ended up doing it. Oh, God, these allergies. I'm sorry, folks. I'm I'm almost embarrassed by how much my nose is running right now. This paper towel, this is disgusting, I know, but this paper towel is just drenched. Absolutely disgusting. I need to get out of Dodge or I need to go to Nashville where hopefully ragweed isn't as bad. Or for all I know, maybe it'll be even worse. Okay, let's do a little play-by-play. We haven't done that much today. This is Sitkowski. <laughs> He's pitching right, and this is going to be Lowry, and he's not going to get the first down on fourth and four. So it comes down to the defense in the last 237 to keep Chattanooga from scoring. It's not going to be all the starters, so can you hold them at bay? Tis the question. Dave says, Witherspoon, Randolph, Newton, Quan, Akis, Coleman have the build and potential. City will get a chance at camp. Hell, maybe even Avery gets a shot. I don't disagree with any of those. Yeah, Sydney's an interesting case. Sydney Brown is a really good college safety, 
and he looks like miniature Troy Palu. Palu. Oh my God, why am I forgetting? Polamalu. Oh my God, Polamalu. It's been so long since Madden 09 or whatever. The Troy Polamalu was on the cover, but he does have that sort of game where you trust him so much that you say, okay, just kind of roam. If it's a run play, you're there as a run stopper. If it's not, then get a play in the backfield. And he is just a very instinctive football player. Run here for Chattanooga for a couple yards. Chattanooga, I don't know if they're going to air it out or not and try to get points. We'll see. But yeah, Dave, uh, the pro potential is surprising for sure. All right. Let's see here. Just a couple minutes left. I got to say the crowd overall, decent tonight for a Thursday night game. It was decent. Uh, For all things considered, a game that none of us were really looking forward to that much. And, and, you know, in terms of Big Ten games are coming up, Virginia was a bigger non-conference game, and even that only drew like 35,000, if that. I mean, if we're being honest about how many people walked into the stadium for that. So, uh, with that in mind, I actually thought the turnout tonight was pretty good. It was sneaky chilly, but I I dressed appropriately for it, and it was a very pleasant evening. Um, This is what football weather really is like i'll take the allergies if i can get days like this because it was gorgeous the tailgating vibe was great and what this sets illinois up for is a massive game at wisconsin and i think it's okay and i i almost allowed myself to go down that rabbit hole last year i thought the wisconsin game at home was going to be competitive it was not they smoked you i think a lot of the variables here tell you that this could be the game a lot of variables here one being that you have nine days. Wisconsin has seven. One being that you have nine days after an easy win against an FCS team. They have seven days after presumably getting smoked by Ohio State. And that's going to be a physical game, right? So Wisconsin's going to put everything out there. They still might get smoked by a superior Ohio State team. You could say Ohio State's going to be hungry after the Ohio State game, but here's what I think is the best case scenario. Wisconsin goes into Columbus and they lose by like 10 or 13. They expend every bit of energy they have. And maybe some sort of hangover effect can come into play when Illinois goes up there. And here is one factor I'm actually kind of buying into. This revenge game thing that I know the Bielema has really been hitting on. He did before the Virginia game. They will certainly do that before Wisconsin. I could see that actually coming into play for an Illinois team that defensively is playing lights out. And an offense that's getting better. I think if you score 21 points, you got a 50-50 shot. 21 points, you got a 50-50 shot of winning that game. And it looks like, by the way, Illinois will get the 31-0 shutout. Chattanooga shaking hands here. The clock will run out. An impressive win on a Thursday night against an FCS team. Plenty of time to prepare for the big one. All right. Joseph says, Shaman Cooper signing. How about that? Man, that's a name from the past. All right, Zach Curtis says, Alani top 500 yards of offense for the first time since 2018 versus Nebraska. By the way, Illinois undefeated in non-conference play for the first time since 2011, as Big Ten Network just flashes that up. Dave asks, what are your thoughts on DeVito? I love DeVito, Dave. I really do. The, the confidence is there. I know Jeremy Warner's talked plenty about that. The swagger. He's pretty accurate. He has big play potential as well. I think he's this really good mix of game manager with the occasional ability to go downfield. So I I really like DeVito. I think he's going to win you a couple games this year. Let's see here. Zach says uh, on Twitter, I saw a Wisconsin fan saying, 
Two-point conversion is good. OSU wins 70 to 80. Yeah, I, 70 to 8, sorry. Yeah, I don't think Wisconsin's good by their standards this year, but until proven otherwise, I'm still going to think it's going to take a Herculean effort to beat Wisconsin. That may not be the case, but I, I've been fooled so many times that while I'm confident Illinois has a shot, I'm still going to say they need to play a really, really good football game. Big Tota says, no one sportsmanlike penalties tonight. That is true. And I also thought the penalty on the Pat Bryant amazing reception and the 60-yard the touchdown thing that they got called back for a, a holding, I've seen worse holdings before. I only saw it on the replay. Maybe it was more blatant than what we saw on the scoreboard in there, but that, that seemed to me not like Illinois shooting themselves in the leg. It seemed like a 50-50 call. And as we know, holding happens on every play. So I, I'm not all that disappointed about that. All right, everybody. I'd stay for longer, but I'd just be sniffling into the microphone, and nobody wants that. So we'll get back Sunday or Monday. We'll have a midweek podcast as well. It's a big week for alumni football. Game of the year. And there'll be a few game of the years, so that's kind of fun to be in a position of that. If you beat Wisconsin, I think the narrative and the expectations change, and I think they should. I think that even if you go up to Wisconsin and you look good, and you're right there and you got a chance to win and maybe you don't, well, you should still feel good about Iowa and Minnesota at home. This Illinois team should not fear anybody. They're playing good ball. They got enough on both sides of the ball. Yes, the special teams kind of stink. And yes, the mistakes could come back and bite them at any point, but tonight was a step in the right direction, and that's all I really wanted to see. All right. Uh, Dave says that was a terrible call, the holding. Okay, so it was not just me. At halftime on BTN, they said that was a horrible call. Okay, so I, I didn't really see it. You know, the reaction in the stadium wasn't this crazy amount of booing. It was more just kind of a shrug of the shoulders. I think at that point, I wasn't really worried about it because, one, it looked 50-50, and two, I thought the offense was moving the ball well enough anyways. So 31 to nothing. Could you say Illinois could have scored more than that? Sure, but listen, they're moving the ball. I think when push comes to shove... If they need to punch things in, they will. But of course, the challenges become much bigger when you got defenses like Wisconsin and Iowa. Dave says, beat Wisconsin, we can legit talk about trying to win the West. Uh, Dave, I'll take a seven or eight win season. I'd I'd be over the moon. I don't need to win the West. I'm going to let a few things shake out before we get there. But you know what? The fun thing is that's not the most outlandish statement one could make. It is not nuts to say that in this Big Ten West. Illinois looks to have two very good units offensively and defensively. I should say, Illinois looks to have a great unit defensively and a good enough unit offensively with, I'd say, a higher ceiling on offense than years past. All right, before Snot continues to... I don't know, it's going to fall on this microphone. This is absolutely disgusting. I am disgusted with myself. Let's get out of here. We'll get back next week. We'll call this a short one post game. Illinois beats Chattanooga 31 to nothing. I got to thank our sponsors, of course, DP Doe, Rector Construction, State Farm Agent Brian Hansen, and Dogtown Heating Air and Plumbing. Got to thank you all for tuning in to YouTube Live as we get this thing going. Uh, the Twitch thing was a lot of fun and we appreciate them, but this just makes it easier because the stream will be up pretty much immediately afterwards. I got to thank Champagne Showers, Podcast Network, and Alana Inquirer for their partnership with the 200 level. Thank you guys for tuning in on this late Thursday evening. I'm going to get some shut-eye. We're going to Nashville tomorrow, My Morning Jacket concert tomorrow, and then Saturday, a day on the town. That I don't really know what my wife has planned, but I'm sure a, a very fun day of activities in Nashville. So we'll be back Sunday after the Bears beat Lovey Smith and the Texans, God willing. 
and talk about the biggest Alana game since. See, I love that we can even have that conversation. In the meantime, everybody stay safe, stay healthy. Don't let your allergies drip all over your face. This is disgusting. I'm a mess right now. And we'll see you in a few days. It is the 200 level. 